Welcome to the Off the Road Again podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Ross. And I am Kelsey. And I'm Tim. <laughs> so, and so yeah, uh, this is our podcast about anything and everything off road. Uh, we're always socially distanced. It's literally the only way we've ever done the show is through video conferencing since Ross yep. is in Connecticut. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I'm in Kansas City, and you guys are in Arizona? At the yep, moment, Arizona. Yep. Okay. Moment. <laughs> yep. Generally, when we set up our show notes, there's always question marks about where people are because yep. we're in an industry where people travel like all the mm-hmm. time. Always yeah. moving. Yeah. You're, one, you're one of the very few guests so far that have had an actual page on their website about where are we at the moment. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> Usually it's just it's like, always changing. Art, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why the, the question of where you are always comes with the high pitch at the end. It's a question. It's, it's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, Ross, what... Do you have quick updates? What do you want? Quick updates, quick updates. Uh, Apple, and I, as I trip over my words, Apple CarPlay has arrived for the Lexus. And that is the only update there. I get to tear the dashboard apart after having torn it apart. What was that, three weeks ago? Uh, so, show-wise, it's show-wise, much longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> An actual <laughs> time. month ago. Only, yeah. So round two of pulling the Lexus apart. Coming soon. Or the interior of the Lexus apart is coming soon. The good news and, is you know how to get all the trim pieces off already, so you don't have to worry about the snapping <laughs> stuff. Or I know, and I actually bought yeah, a you're little. You're an expert now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's what they say, but you know, <laughs> only an expert until you <laughs> until you lose one screw, and then you know, then you're the world biggest doofus. Well, you know, you're an expert what? when you have the bag of the little plastic clips extras. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. With the weight reduction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I I bought a little electric screwdriver to help out since the uh, the giant Milwaukee. One this the huge M eighteen wasn't really doing the job under the dashboard yeah. this time. <laughs> oh no, no, no! My wrist was gonna fall off, so I gave up. Um, but yeah, that's the Lexus update. Uh, I sent you some pictures. I drove it through the snow today, and it did perfect. As you uh, from a five year old truck on you know tires that only have fifteen hundred well, two thousand miles on them. My my favorite part was the the first image from this morning was it's snowy. You got yeah. actual snow, man. Mm-hmm. Nice. It was <laughs> it was thirty two degrees like all night, so it's like that super wet, heavy snow. Oh no! So yeah. I used yeah. my snowblower for the first time. I bought it last year after a terrible snowstorm, and then it just didn't snow again. So <laughs> like, I actually got to use it today. <laughs> yeah. So and it worked at the rec show. Um, but yeah, and then uh, other than that, perfect queue up on that picture, Chris. Thank you. The winter blues have officially. So, <laughs> it is. I am itching for a day out in the woods so badly right now. Like, it's you know, you were almost there today. That's the woods. It's kind of it's you, next to woods. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> woods adjacent. It's, woods adjacent. <laughs> it's, it's very New England yeah. in one photo, Ross. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yes. The um, low stone walls, some mm, tall trees, yes, <laughs> and power yeah. lines. Yeah, it's uh, it's backwoods Bedford that I was driving through over there. So, but you know, miles and miles of dirt roads, which that's get cool. nice and slick, um, just as part of the commute home. So, yeah, other than that, man, I'm I'm dying to have a day away from cell phones. And so we always joke about like my weather hits you like one to two days later. Literally, it's it's been the 60s here for like four days straight. So, yep. Maybe maybe Friday. Exactly. Maybe there's good news coming for you. We're in showtime last Thursday. 
a few Thursdays ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you're forgetting we have a lot in the here can. And snow. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we did get, get snow the other day. Yeah, token snow here in Arizona, like little dustings and stuff. Although flags so, is getting a, a fair amount. So. so pretty, though, out there. Like, we got it. And it's yeah. just it's a novelty. Yeah. 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 Not like California, California. Yeah, we were camping last night out in the desert. It was like we saw the windows cracked because you're like, oh man, it's cold. It was like 40. Yeah, yeah, 44 (laughs) maybe is a low. (laughs) I was looking at a- It's delightful. uh, It is delightful. (laughs) There's this guy on Tacoma World that post pictures. He's like in North Saskatchewan and he commutes and it's like negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Good Lord. Uh, It's like freaking wasteland. It's crazy. I I get the Alberta- snow i've been for whatever reason on instagram i've been getting alberta snow memes lately like <laughs> all right canada like pick a lane let's go and i'm like what is happening it's sunny here already like <laughs> what did i watch to get more of yeah this? yeah like, what did i click on that has oh. or what did i accidentally well, as we're traveling we'll notice our ads change away. languages i'm like what what language yeah. are our ads in yeah, now what yeah. where does google think we are, Who well, we are? I, I like even when you get into north maine and and the highway signs are in english and french like oh yeah, yeah. i'm getting out there it. now yeah it's great yeah, yeah. Nice. you're near those practice france people <laughs> it's <cool>. <laughs> practice <laughs> france i don't know north maine is pretty much as far from france culturally as you could possibly get right but you're <laughs> near practice france which is you're quebec near- Yes, yeah. I'm, that's horrible. No, it's not. That's what it is. Somebody's somebody's typing an angry comment yeah. right there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, French Canadians are practice France. And I'll then you want to be real. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, um, Chris, Sequoia. Uh so Sequoia got armored up over the weekend. I had a very I, I would say it was just a good day. Um I went down to my buddy Ron, who lives about two and a half hours away. Uh, I went to Ron's because he's got a lot of tools and that turned out to be super handy. Uh, we ran into some bolts that I ate at the back. Oh, I'll get to it in a little bit. Um, I'm going to share photos because it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just so I'm starting with my stock skid plate on the Sequoia. Uh, turns out I think it's had a little front end damage in the past uh, based on the oh, fact that yeah. the whole front line bumper up, cover or... is not. Uh, it's supposed to go behind. over this skid. Yeah. yeah. And there's actually supposed to be some hardware through that too, which wasn't there. So yeah. uh, mm. I think the, the skid plate's definitely been off. The front bumper's been off in the past. No yeah. big deal, right? So uh, I, I took pictures of all the front or the bottom of the truck just to kind of like um, baseline it. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for the front end, pretty clean for 2008. Uh, you can't really see in the image, but right here, there is the uh, name of the repair shop that replaced that part. So that's what, again, why oh, I think there's been oh, some, uh, yeah, they did yeah. Some, some things The guy there. signed it, Hank, right. was here. Yeah, yeah it was right. like Hank, Carl's Auto Repair. Yeah, so. Right. Um, the cam tabs on the suspension are like brand new. Are those yeah, like right? replaced or are those? Which parts? The little circly guys where the control where the lower A arms meet the subframe. Ooh, maybe. Well, uh, one looks more. good. Although yeah. the skid plate looks perfect too, like not even scrapes or anything. So that's good. Yeah. Right. It was definitely so it's a platinum things. edition truck. So I don't think it has seen a lot of off roading before we got a hold of it. Yeah. Um I had it I've had and I've had it out in Utah uh back in 2020, uh fall of 2020. I had it out in Utah for a little bit. So um the back end is where it gets bad rust-wise uh, with this rear subframe. It's all surface. There's yeah. no oh, holes. Toyota. Like 
but it's just definitely and then it still has the rear airbags which is my favorite part because it's nice so turns out so i worked with tandem off-road to get the skid plates i didn't realize i was buying rci off-road skid plates from them so i got that's so funny yeah, it's the front, the gas tank, and then the transmission one were all RCI skid plates. And then the rear diff skid and the sliders are from Tandem. So we got the front skid mm-hmm. off. We did use the jack to hold the skid up. Oh, you, that's that's your new uh, Badlands. Yeah, it's the Badlands. Nice. Yeah. Exactly the jack. Know, yeah. So yeah. it's a good jack. I was a big fan. It it's a great out. jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then Buddy that we Rob, does at race with bought that exact same one. He yeah, just, just the other day. They unboxing it, it two days ago. Usually yes. desert race endorsed is a good thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely that. So front skid went on. It ties in with the uh, transmission skid plate. So the transmission skid actually literally these two carriage bolts <clears throat> up here in the front. Um, it just sets in over the top. Those two bolts, we tightened everything up. It's sunk up great. There's a piece that attaches to the subframe um, with two carriage bolts. And then these four bolts go into that piece. Uh, and it just mm. barely wraps around the little transfer case skid. Um, and then oh, we did adorable <laughs> little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's clearance too. So just in case. Um, yeah. Not a matter so, of if, matter of when. Yeah. All of that went together yeah. super easy. Uh, the fuel tank though, to do the fuel tank skid, you have to replace the rear strap um, <laughs> because they, uh, they put bolts through the the oh, new okay. rear strap that the then the fuel tank yeah. uh skid plate attaches to um and so turn this one was it amazed me how often we went to attach something and there was just a hole with threads there yeah like in this truck had the side steps i took those off mm-hmm. which those actually screw into the body they don't screw into the frame mm-hmm. um but it was just amazing to me how often there was a hole in the frame or somewhere else underneath the truck that already had threads available and was ready to go. So um, this one was here. And then the one on this side was kind of awkward, but it would like it went up like 10 inches and hooked. And then for whatever reason, there was just this piece of black metal up under the Sequoia's body that had threads. And the Ron with an extension ran the bolt up there mm-hmm. and it just Perfect. zipped right up. And I was like, nice. This is fantastic. Um, yeah. But it, sometimes. It did, shit like it was that interesting for weird stuff like shipping or yeah you know some other models some that option have we never got exactly exactly yeah yeah or something um, that's on the great tundra. that they used all that a <laughs> lot better than welding you know yeah exactly sure. uh we'll, we'll get to some welding in a little bit though um <laughs> so <laughs> rear diff skid uh from tandem the the there are two bolts in front of this that kind of go up and to just kind of settle into it and they were 15 sixteenths um so just huge bolts a with a huge. little bit smaller nut on top. Um, Ron kind of got blessed with what he referred to as Toyota love dust. Um, he took oh. one of the bolts out and all of a sudden he looked like he had been a chimney sweep. And yeah. Um, yeah. that that was the always point. goggles working on it. Well, and Toyota. that was the point in the day where I reminded Ron that about two and a half hours earlier, I said, would you like some eye protection? And he's like, ah, oh, I'm good. And then he went over and got some new eye protection to do the second bolt. <laughs> he looked at the front of the truck and thought, I don't need it. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Famous last um, is, um, is that a cutout for the diff drain? In the yeah, back I think so. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, nice and actually, if you remove those four, uh, I think they were like Allen headed screws, uh, you bring that out. It's also a lot easier to get up here and then tighten the, the bolts on the top here mm-hmm. and, the, and the backside over there. So yeah. smart, smart. Um, yeah. Got everything on. 
And Ron's super handy. So the sliders are actually weld on. Um, and so we were talking about maybe trying to bolt them on and then tacking some welds around. But uh, Ron was, uh, he learned that the Tundra has a boxed frame. And then he was like, oh yeah, we're not going to do that. Uh, so we did, we went over to his shop. We we did some, some a little bit of grinding, used the glory of having two jacks is we get to use both jacks to hold up the slider, uh, get it kind of attached to the frame, do a little grinding, do a little welding. And in reality, nice. I'm super happy with it. Um, I, I don't have, I haven't done like the photo shoot yet with everything attached. Um, plus they're black sliders that you can't really tell. That yeah, it's hard to, hard to get that detail. Yeah. Hard to get <laughs> great photos. Yeah, of skid plates and sliders. So I, yeah. I have not been a very good Instagram overlander because I didn't add anything to the outside of the truck that you're going to look at and be like, oh my gosh, you're going to the woods immediately, aren't you? Like the max tracks you are inside. You want an adventure? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like very low key. Like people are going to be like, what's that soccer mom doing? And I'm going to be like, I'm going off road. It's fine. Uh, yeah. So yeah, totally. all we that's now it. loaded in and that was way longer than I wanted it to be, but it. I don't have any other modifications to it before it goes to Utah. So we'll be in Moab early April. Did um, you get the Midland hooked up? No. Have I not talked about that on the show yet? You talked about doing it. It's not It's not going to get hooked what? up. Why? The rally is using ham. Oh, yeah. You me you messaged me about that. Yeah, so I messaged you You picked about up that. a Baofeng. Yeah, I did handheld. get a... A very economic because I don't have a ham license, but if I turn it on and monitor, I will at least know what everybody else is doing. I and only done. use it in emergencies. Correct. Right. Uh, or you're at a desert race where thousands of people are legally <laughs> using all the ham channels. Right. <laughs> they can't arrest all of us. <laughs> I was in a race. I was in a race. I'm, yeah. no, I'm not with these guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I used ham radios for like 10 years and then finally got my license because I was like, okay, you know, Mm. It, you know yeah yeah technically I, technically I got the gmrs license and i paid for it when it was still the 70 not That's the 30 cool. so like maybe there's a little wiggle room in there probably not i definitely need no. my license for the ham radio <laughs> <laughs> and i and all of my like local friend like i would say like i think they all have a ham and and at least yeah. two of them i know are licensed maybe one isn't um so it it doesn't hurt in the future just go ahead and take the test and get it done and and study up and i kind of like it's radios really nice anywhere yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you even more range. And we'll talk around the whole state. So somebody's up in a random canyon, yep. you know, far from cell service and, you know, they'll ping off a repeater and then down in one of the main cities of Arizona or California, you can hear them. I love that. That's, that's, that's kind of cool. neat when you're dialed into an area. But mostly right. they just talk about ham radios. Well, that's all the people. Yeah. Real <laughs> ham radio guys just talk about their ham radio. And uh, that is a hundred percent of traffic you'll hear. Yeah. Yeah. So that's funny. After we got done, one of my other like off-road friends lives near or works near Ron, doesn't live near him, but works near him. And so we drove by his fire station. And as we pulled up, we were like honking at him, but he was like, he was outside and really focused as he was setting up his ham radio to then talk to other ham radio operators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly true. So love you, Kyle. <laughs> uh so yeah. Let's talk about you guys. You guys have way yeah. more exciting stuff. <laughs> you guys have, uh, you've been some places and seen some things. So we usually like to kick off the section of the show, talking about our guests with you giving us your elevator pitch, who you are, how your company or outfit came to be, um, and kind of what your deal is. So let's hear it. Uh-oh. Not, not to put you on the <laughs> spot not or anything. Sales. <laughs> well, so the good honestly, news is 
you don't have to sell us. <laughs> you yeah, just I mean, us. <laughs> you're on the show, so you sold us already. So. <laughs> Stoked. No, we we just uh, you know we I, I've been off roading. I moved out from California in the '90s and got into desert racing, and that was like my big adventure. I thought that was sort of like the craziest thing ever, and got really into it. Was working at suspension companies. Then years later, the overlanding thing started. Some friends started Overland Expo, started teaching there. Matt Kelsey was working for Overland Journal there. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I'd, I'd read like Ted Simon's book and all that, all of us, all mm -hmm. the things a lot of people have done, adventures around the world. But that was just beyond what I thought I could do. And it was just constantly teaching some some person who'd never put a truck in four-wheel drive, like basics. And then mm -hmm. they'd actually come back the next year. Now, most wouldn't, but, but it, you know, a couple the next year would come back and go, I did it. I drove to Colombia. I drove to oh, across Africa. And you're like, what? You know what? less than me. I, what? If you do it, I guess I can. And then it was really when we met that I think the bigger dream sort of started was like, but why not? Are we going to just always say one day? Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. that's really how it all started for us is it finally was we just said, look, let's put a date on the calendar. I, uh, we're probably never going to do it. We'll never quit our jobs. It's too big of a risk unless we set a date. And once we set that, life has been now about five years, a little yeah. over five years. Yeah. Life's just been completely different. Wow. It's been five so that's, years already. That's us. Wow. Yeah, isn't that yeah, crazy? Yeah. That's pretty cool. So <laughs> what what was the was the catalyst for you really hearing about other people's doing what you kind of felt you enabled them to do? And then looking like introspectively and saying, Oh, wait, I, I think can, I think a I'm part sorry. of it. Yeah, I mean, not liking our jobs, you know, and not liking the office setting and just going, there's gotta be more to life. I think when we met it also, we were, everything we've done since we met has been, you know, well, I didn't think I could do that, but Hey, why not try? And so it, it started with maybe just buying a project vehicle or owning, I always dreamt of owning this one car and it's like, ah, but it's an old classic. It'll break down. And then we just worked on it together, restored it. And like, we do these big adventures and it was like, well, we did that. So maybe we can do something else. It was just trying, I guess, more and more seemed to be the catalyst. But definitely yeah. the one guy, this guy named Adam, who had no idea, Polish guy, had never put a truck in four-wheel drive. And, you know, you're just taking him through the little course in Overland Expo. And he's like, awesome. And he was the guy next year that was like, I did it. I did it. Well, you know, fast forward two more years, we're in South America and we're having dinner with him and hanging out and he's still on his trip. Oh, and wow. I was like, you know, it was you and people like you that I really think made me start to go. It's not just the traveler who wrote the book that's a little distant it seems like well but they probably have a ton of money or maybe they have some knowledge or there's something different about them than me but it was the person the people that knew probably less technical knowledge of off-roading that did it and i was like well, i have no excuses really mm -hmm. at this point hmm. that is yeah and i think i think for me that was kind of the same experience like uh it was actually chris collard for me and meeting him and he was uh I was working at a coffee shop and he was editing some photos that he had done uh, a trip through Africa and I just remember looking at his photos and and thinking like this guy that's sitting in front of me who seems totally normal I'm having a great conversation with and he's showing me these pictures that look like they're from National Geographic or something <laughs> that's mind-blowing to me like that I you know I just pictured like oh it's you know it's Brad Pitt that goes and travel you know like someone that's so far removed from right. your life that like, I couldn't do that. And so from I think reality. that started the ball rolling for me. And then Tim and I would talk and it would be like, yeah, well, why not? Like what's holding us back? What's stopping us? Why, why shouldn't we try at least? Yeah. Okay. And we, do, and we thought we'd do a one-year trip. So that was the plan <laughs> yeah. is all this prepping, all this saving, 
all this sort of upending mm -hmm. your life. And then we're like a whole year. Like that's insane. No one, no one goes on an adventure for a year. That'll be plenty of time. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> a lot of that. I mean, we've had Dan Greck on the show a couple of times. He's a, become a good friend of ours. And that, that very much echoes the same, you know, the stuff that he said too, is like, I, I know it's possible. It's just taking yeah. a yeah. leap. So yeah. that's the hardest part, I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think it is. And I think that it's so, it's so much easier to do the, the prepping, I guess, and then never really go. I think that's mm. the, the amount of emails you can imagine we've gotten over the years of people who are going to go next year or in six months or in two years. I hope a lot of them go, but I would say it's 90, just assume it's 98%, let's say that, that really intend to go, mm -hmm. but don't. And so mm. if you can just leave, you have beaten almost everyone and right. then figure you can figure it all out because yeah. we've met people traveling on a couple hundred bucks a month, which is like on a bicycle and it looks pretty rough, but I mean, they're doing it. And mm -hmm. then we meet people who are like, Oh, we go to the nicest restaurant in every town. We camp a couple nights. We go to a nice hotel. And I'm like, wow. So, <laughs> I mean, the, the budgets are massively different yeah, and everyone's out high. there together and it's all, it's all happening. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned first. old car. Which, what what was that? Uh, so my 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 little poster on the wall was well, there's a Ferrari on the po one poster, and I couldn't afford that. And then there was a, a air cooled 911, and that was the dream, other yes. dream car. And okay. I I honed in on the 911, and so I bought. Uh, you cue that there up. Is, there's Condor. Condor. So I I, I think back of what wow. started this for me, and it was it was even these 80s ones that used to be pretty unloved that I loved the most. And I looked back and there was a horrible Disney movie. I mean, one of the most. He made me watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she had to. And it's called Condor Man and it's horrible. But there's a the bad guys drive this era Porsche 911. Okay. And so I loved these cars. And I go, that must have been the first iteration of me really loving these things. And so, yeah, we found it. It just had been sitting in a garage forever. And so we just went through the whole thing in a carport in Phoenix, you know, Arizona in summer. And that was leading up to our wedding. Like at that point, if she wasn't running away, I figured, okay, this I is pretty like, good. I was like, why don't we take this on our honeymoon? Yeah, yeah, we're laying under the car and I was like, I need more electrolytes. Like, like I was taking the stuff I would use for like mountain bike races to not pass out while working on this car. Oh, and then when we were done with it, we were like, well, that's the honeymoon. And so we, we took three weeks, which was like, nearly to get fired for it our bosses yeah. were like that's ridiculous i'm like it's our honeymoon mm. and we just uh we headed out to pacific coast highway and we camped that's a campsite on pacific coast highway looking out at the ocean and that's the love seat right that's the front of the, <laughs> the front of the the, the frunk the frunk yeah. so we just packed our backpacking gear in it and we we just camped up the coast and then up into oregon and then zigged and zagged over the sierra nevadas on the way back and it was just amazing and it was like every day that i'd get in that car i'd go i can't believe that I have my dream car. And I do mm -hmm. think that was kind of the beginning yeah. of like, well, that was outlandish. I don't have the kind of money to be a Porsche 911 driver, uh, but we did it and it seemed to work out. And then, so it was just like one more thing and one more thing, yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. It's so, so fantastic. Tell us about the vehicle you've explored the world in. Um, how did so, you pick that? And yeah. then- uh, did any of I would the... say the first truck was Goose, and, and he was an FZJ80, so an American Spec 80, and I had that before I met Kelsey, yep. and so it was my dream truck. I had had mm -hmm. Tacomas, like long travel Tacomas when I was in the desert racing world. Um, I had a forerunner after that, got used to sleeping inside and, and more overlanding type stuff, and then I always wanted an 80, and so I found this truck, you know, nice and not rusty, 
and uh, had a clean roof, so no roof rack, so no holes in the roof until we cut nice. those off. Uh, but, <laughs> until you attached yeah, the entire like, roof. Rare, no. beautiful slick top until, <laughs> and it's somewhere in a in a dump in Canada. Yeah. But so we, you know, we we met and we continued camping in this and did Baja. Actually, our first date or second date, we did a normal date at a restaurant. And our second date was a week in Baja. Yeah. And so wow. we we were headed this direction, I think, for a while. It but, was either going to work or not. Work. Yeah, yeah. We, literally, <laughs> we ended up like we shouldn't probably do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the good news is we come back hating each other, or it's going well. Yeah. Uh, but so you know that was the truck. I just loved it. It never ever let me down. Nothing really ever broke. You know, like bushings would mm -hmm. wear out and things like that. But I mean, you know, never even left you stranded. No, even a hundred thousand miles in somewhere down in Argentina. You know, when I'd see speed bumps or or big bumps, I'd speed up and and just abuse that truck in a in a reasonable way. You know, within the wheel yeah. travel of the truck, yeah. mechanical but sympathy. It just never <laughs> let us down. So that was the truck. We cut the roof off. There was only seven of these Camp Tech tops that that Eric had made, and then he went on with life. And so we were hunting for one. Everyone's like, you know, I'd post on every forum, and everyone's like, they don't exist anymore. Don't you know? And I was like, I know, but just in case. And a guy from Canada goes, my super rusty HDJ80 that I drove to like Costa Rica and back is I'm, I'm parting it out, but the top is available. If you want it to come up here, cut it off and I'll cut your roof off and help you and glue it onto your truck. And so we did that. We drove up to Alaska on, I'm uh, oh, sorry, Canada, but like on a long weekend, you know, and like our bosses are like, you really going to be back on Tuesday? We're like, yeah, absolutely. No, we're just... I was still doing like conference calls as we're driving up. Like, yeah, no, I'm, <sighs> I'm definitely in the office. What do you yeah. mean? I'm not. We didn't sleep. We just drove straight out, flat <laughs> out. That was the most dangerous part of the five years on the road was driving that far. It was like 26 hours of driving. January. And it was January. So, was so yeah. we have all, as Arizonans, there. we have all of our clothing on that we own. And we're freezing our asses off and the truck <laughs> won't even produce warm air. And I was like, mm. it's happening. Uh, but right. we went up there, stranger's garage, cut the roof off, put that camp tech on. And then that was now the truck to take. We'd made it a little bigger, had a little more. There's the yeah, old clean roof. But that's how, we, yeah, that was the setup for a long time. And so we slept inside. It was great. Um, there's, there it is. And uh, on that Mexico trip, yep. actually. God, I um, love, and so I with the pop the top, there's a little more room. And so for a house and for a year on the road, we made that big change uh, and that big commitment yeah. of cutting the roof off. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's full. Like people joke about full commit. That is full commit. Oh, <laughs> Once you oh man, the it roof was so off. scary. Yeah, I, I mean, literally I drilled a hole in the roof. That that hurt because it had been such a clean roof. And if you know 80s, they if they have the factory roof rack, sometimes those holes can leak and, and cause some rust in the roof area. Having a dead clean roof one was like, oh, primo. And so I drilled that first hole. And then he's like, do you want me to cut? I was like, no, I, I need to do it. So I got the little skill saw and <laughs> like butter, you know, the whole roof comes out. And then yeah. this top, though, because it was one of the prototypes, everything was sort of ruined on it. We had to redo the fabric, the, the gas struts, the hinge, all that uh, insulation. In fact, this time we're doing the insulation a second time because while welding a new hinge on, the entire inside caught on fire and was raining oh, no. down black plastic. <laughs> I still have scars all over my arms. So everyone else oh. is running away from the truck at my buddy's fab shop. And I'm like, this is my dream. We're leaving <laughs> right. in like three weeks. I run in and actually I think it may have been this hat. So there's little plastic uh, oh, melt spots on my culture wall hat, but I'm jumping oh, in like, no. And we saved it. We redid the whole roof, some of the tent material. And then it was time to time to hit the road. Jeez. But that's such a great truck. I mean, it's yeah. just so dialed. I pulled the sliders off. Actually, I had metal tech on there, but we weren't really rock crawling anymore. So it was for me, it was kind of, hey, let's take 200 pounds off this already yeah. pig of a truck. 
We yep. built an auxiliary fuel tank um, that, that worked really great until, yeah, yeah. until built. one of my welds had like one of those pinhole holes in it. I mean, you're going up to, we went to 19,000 feet in elevation in Bolivia. So that's a lot oh of pressure. Oh my gosh, that is and a lot of pressure. And a little pinhole yeah. started leaking. And so we ran with it with a little steel it on there waiting. We literally in South America were like, what day will the truck burn to the ground? I don't know, but maybe today. Oh, um, man. But it was great. We, we loved that thing. Yeah. I finally, I finally found the cold <laughs> picture of you guys in the snow with it. There, it there is. you go. Oh, That's man. the day, right? That's the morning we pulled out. We had to air down the tires to fit it in this guy's garage. And really? yeah, so right now that, that top still to this day, it's for sale. I noticed the guy we sold it to. So Goose is out there. That top is held on with Sikaflex only. There are no bolts holding the top of our truck on. And Sikaflex says, was it two days? I read it. Two days secure. Like, whatever temperature. Was, 70 degrees. That. And like, then, I just put it on. Like, and we're cool. driving to Arizona and I need to be at work tomorrow. And so we just headed out, listening to every noise, waiting for the top to just depart just from the roof. If that happened, <laughs> yeah, we had ratchet straps. And I was like, if that happens, we ratchet strap on. We never talk about it again. It's fine. <laughs> but it, it didn't. And it's still holding perfectly to this day. So yeah. that stuff Jeez. is amazing. Have you had any big failures on the road? Any mechanicals? We've had like little stuff. Like in Peru, the brake booster on Goose, we thought went out. I mean, it did go out. We had no brakes except manual, the front brakes slightly. So the front tires would lock up and we'd nearly slide off these these shelf roads. It was the worst place really in the whole trip for that oh, to happen. Oh, it was awful, yeah. We were tiny, tiny little shelf dirt roads that you're just like coming down. And then, and then you know, big truck the locals the are flying way. along. And so I slam on the brakes, you know, 25 feet away and the truck's just sliding and I'm in low range. I'm like, uh, and we almost hit a few people. We fly mm. out, we, we park the truck in a parking garage of a hotel, fly to the US. And at that time we were trying to do all the Overland Expos still, anything that we could earn money for. So we'd come back and all of our side jobs became our main job. So yeah. I come home and, and a buddy has a military training company. It's just off-roading really, but we, we go to Moab and do all that, did the Expos, whatever we could to make money. And we flew back with the new brake booster. Which looks like a bomb, by the way. It looks so like a bomb. So no car parts. No car parts are allowed to be brought into the country at all. And so we had really? friends who were spending weeks trying to get car parts. Unless you get it through a car dealer, you're not allowed mm -hmm. to bring them in. Hmm. So we they just didn't check us. So we made it in. We get in Goose. We were like, okay, we need to install this before we get in an accident. Brakes worked perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. They still did the day we sold it. And we I gave still the have, new guy the, a new yeah, brake yeah, yeah, you're not trying to, that he still hasn't used. Yeah. You didn't want to take and, a chance but that was back through an airport with a thing that looks like a bomb? No <laughs> way. It was staying with the truck. So we traveled with a brake booster with us and never replaced it. He just self-healed. So wow. we've wow. had stuff like that. You know, we've done uh, brake changes, little stuff. You know, uh, a wheel bearing got loose. So it was probably needing, the axle needed to rebuild at that point in the trip and just a little more preload and it was fine. Um, bushings you know, we had trouble with because they, yeah. they went out and then just trying just to find shock good bushings. quality uh, mm -hmm. bushings. Yeah, we had bushings. the Icon. I used to work for Icon when it was called Donahoe Racing back in the day, and they were yep. kind of more building race cars and all that. Mm -hmm. And so we had the nice stuff because we got a good discount. But they'd been on for four or five years, and then we left on the trip. And then by the Southern Baja, the weight of the truck and all the constant off-roading had pounded those bushings into nothing. So it was like metal to metal. And so we put oh, every bushing we makes. could find... Oh, it was, so awful. and it was like every bushing was the worst quality little thing. So some lasted two days and I was under there again and they were blown to pieces. Finally, I found spacers for like a dump truck's bed and we put those on. Um, so little stuff like that. Nothing major was ever a real issue. The truck would always move, yeah. but like we travel with a friend in a, in a, 
well, I'll just say it was a Range Rover. And <laughs> sorry, Tim, Tim and Shannon. Uh, but we travel with them and they would need to do some maintenance. So like, well, we're here mm -hmm. and I've been carrying OEM like uh, lower link bushings. So let's press them in. Okay, I've been mm -hmm. carrying this part. Let's put it in. And so we would do stuff like that. But certain things were oddly hard to find, like, I, you know, plugs, wires, cap, rotor, fuel filter, sort of like a normal tune-up. And I thought we'd be able to find it. But several countries, they'd said, yeah, we can get, you know, that rotor and that cap from Toyota. It'll take six to eight weeks. And I was like, Whoa, oh, uh, no, we're, we're not hanging out for that. So we just never did it. So the truck did the whole trip on the same everything. I even oh, carried shit. a fuel filter, but I didn't want to put it in and then have bad fuel run, right? A bunch of silt mm -hmm. and yeah. clog mm -hmm. up the new one. So we just carried it until the day it seemed like it was starving of fuel and it never did. Mm -hmm. So we're, wow. I think we're really lucky. We were filling up from fuel from, you know, jugs on the side of the road, sometimes some sketchy sources like Bolivia, the fuel was, it was probably 80 octane um, people in more modern 70 series, but with the gasoline engine, the whole country, they were in safe mode, trying to, to creep along at like 30 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. um, more modern truck. I just think maybe the range of acceptable octanes the computer couldn't deal with. With our truck, we just retarded the timing a tiny bit. I put a little, little marks on the cap to sort of set different timing. We just mm -hmm. moved it to sort of the worst fuel timing. It was fine. So uh -huh. we were really, really lucky, I'd say. Yeah. That's one of those things you totally don't even think about. Like, yeah, you know. What's the lowest we have here is 85 in the country. Like you can't yeah. really get yeah, lower than 85. So. No, I mean, it was a dollar a gallon. So that was nice. But, <laughs> you know, besides that, you're also... you know, you're thinking of the elevations and regularly in Bolivia, you're, you're, you could spend a week or two above 16,000 feet and you're like, you know, imaging pass is 13 and change. Yeah. And so their numbers weren't, we don't know how to operate. Like, I don't know what's going to happen to my body. Yeah. When we did this Mount Unturunku, which is uh, the highest off-road uh, road you can do there i think and it's takes you up to about nineteen thousand. and we're chewing like coca uh, uh candies and stuff we're, we're like i don't feel good because they, they said take these and you'll feel better <laughs> truck was fine though truck couldn't care less but we kept checking with each other like how are you feeling yeah. do, do you still feel okay do, yeah. do you feel weird at right. all is it the elevation <laughs> or are we now just high i don't know what's happening <laughs> no you're high and high like uh, high also, and, yeah, literally yeah, yeah. High. and then we did like a 27 point u-turn on a shelf road and i was just like this is how we die this is it <laughs> oh my oh that's crazy so how many countries have you actually checked off uh with with some flying to islands and stuff like that like in the caribbean or south america and stuff it's like 47 countries now so. um oh so we did that that big wow. trip through the americas and then, you know, we did little ones on the side, like we went to Cuba and stuff. But then after that, with the most recent truck that we just sold, we shipped it over to Europe. And in Europe, you're, you're knocking out a lot of countries in a small yeah. amount of time because they're so mm -hmm. they're so small and close together. And that was the most recent. We did uh, Tunisia in, in North Africa, and then we did a whole bunch of Europe and off into Turkey. And the goal was Mongolia, but with the war and everything, country Russia. Azerbaijan, countries just weren't opening. Mm -hmm. And everything had cost almost double of our budget. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like a, a two year on the road budget, which was the plan was eaten up in like a year and a half. And so it was like, okay. And this truck is that more modern truck was, it was a dream truck, but it was so expensive. Every time we parked it, we thought we're not wealthy enough to own this thing because it gets <laughs> stolen and and you don't think about insuring it. Right. But as soon as you leave the U S goose was never properly insured in any other country, no international company insures a truck in Peru, let's say, mm -hmm. yes, you buy the insurance at the border, which I've never heard of anyone getting a payout for. So right. you just always, whatever That's you're traveling and you have to accept, to you ahead. can lose it all. Mm -hmm. You know, in Tunisia, you you sign a little piece of paper, you give them five bucks at the border that's required. 
they're not going to pay for your hundred thousand dollar mall tech, you know? So for us, that became a stress. Yeah. It was just too much of a liability for us. Couldn't, couldn't handle that hit if it ever came. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes all the sense in the world. Have you, yeah. in your travels, Have I mean, that's like a huge psychological burden. And and I mean, I've found the Absolutely. same thing in some adventures, like things that you don't think about prior, suddenly you're like, oh my God, this is ruining my experience. Have, is, has there been anything yeah. like that for you otherwise that's that's hampered things like I mean, culturally I think, or in terms of, you know, I think spending money can be one of those things. Like, you think of even $50 you blew on something stupid for the truck that you're now not using. And at 50 mm-hmm. bucks, you think of how far that goes in Central America, that's like a week's worth of food. Mm-hmm. You start looking at things in food and in, in gallons of fuel and miles driven one more day on the road without having to be in an office again or whatever you're trying to not go back to. Mm-hmm. So you do sort of look at things so differently. We try and tell people that we've had people contact us and are like, yeah, I've got, I'm going to put 80 grand into my 60 series land cruiser and then i'm gonna leave it's like didn't you say you were a school teacher man like 60 grand that's several years on the road if you just want to go now and so we look at things very differently and we we fall back into it though we're home right now and we're going back off to work um do some of the jobs we do and it's tough to remember like do we need that you know it's it's fun and i'd like to buy it but i know i'm gonna hate myself when we try and leave again and I mm-hmm. go, oh, there was 2000. I just blew on some bumper. I could have built something or I could have mm-hmm. something, you know, so that, yeah. that we definitely notice a big difference. Yeah. I don't know. I think just life is different when you're, you're traveling. I mean, things as small as daily tasks, like getting groceries or, you know, something like that becomes in certain countries, a lot of effort, a lot of work. Yeah. And if you, you know, you don't speak the language. And so all of that can just mentally, it's exhausting sometimes. And mm-hmm. so um, not necessarily a stress, but just life is different on the road. I think, you know, yeah. I think traveling in a truck is almost full-time work. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a dream too, but it's in terms of like getting, filling up your water <laughs> yeah. tank, finding a source, mm-hmm. purifying it before you use it. Um, figuring out where you're going to buy groceries, realizing that one grocery run will take five stops and a whole day or two trying to find motor oil, you know, certain viscosities or, you know, just decent quality could take, six or seven stops in a city um, or finding an oil filter. So everything you do takes more time. When you get home and you click Amazon, I can't tell you the joy that we had when we first got <laughs> so back. And we're like, yeah. anything? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it'll be here like today. Like, uh, that's Just insane. wait, the drones are coming. Yeah, yeah. 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 follow you out in the desert and just drop it on And the Amazon guys coming. Yeah, no, I'm not, that's not good. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, I, I mean, the around the world stuff gets so like, glorified and glamorous in on so many yeah. people's channels you know and then and it's like this the stigma of of like social media being highlight reels you know yeah, so yeah totally. we always like to talk to people about you know the stuff that they found tough and the stuff that makes their experiences more than just like skimming the surface of of what someplace yeah. has to offer um what yeah. where's i think we like i think we like ahead, to try and show that in our videos of, you know, that it's not the most pretty videos all the time. You know, we're, we are (laughs) literally traveling and making Mm -hmm. these videos on the road as we go. It's our life, but to show kind of some of the tough things or the not so glamorous parts of travel, because, Mm -hmm. um, I do think it is hard to look. I mean, right now we have tons of friends that are in Baja and Mm -hmm. I mean, Baja is amazing, but, uh, (laughs) 
yeah, you, you don't see the days where it's so windy that you're, you know, you're trying to cook outside yeah. and it's filled with sand and uh, you have to climb <laughs> oh, into yeah. the truck and you don't have a lot of inside yeah. space yeah. in the truck. So you're just spending all day laying well, in your little, bed. No sure. seam flies and yeah. you wake up and your whole body that was exposed because it's hot is covered in red bumps and you're going to itch oh, for days, no. you know, and that's just normal, you know, and, mm. and then, you know, for the last thousand nights of camping or so, you dig a hole to go to the restroom. I don't mind that, but it's like, it's not... It takes, it's a process. Everything is a process, yeah. right? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. that's the stuff that you try and show a little bit of. It's still awesome. Yeah. It's still worth it. But I don't think, yeah, that scene is, is, is often maybe, or in countries where there's a, the beautiful sand dunes in Peru that are like, people are uh, uh, sandboarding down them and all <laughs> right. that. And then right. just over the hill, it's all a sea of trash and it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you really have to go deep into the dunes to really see the beautiful dunes in that area. But you're right. Instagram will show that little valley with the lake at the bottom. And it's like, it just seems perfect. Oh, it's like perfect. Yeah. I need to yeah. go there. So see, I didn't even know about that. <laughs> that tells you everything because you see the the people, you know, sandboarding or sledding down, down the dunes yeah. there. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's, that's super interesting. So on a lighter note, what are some of your favorite <laughs> places you've been? Domestic, <laughs> international, what are some uh, highlights that you can share? Hi. I still always love Baja. Um, I think it's just, it's a special mix of desert and beach, which happen to be my favorite uh, types of yeah. terrain. And so, I don't know, there's something uh, very special about Baja. If you really get remote and, um, you know, kind of go further, I think then the average explorer <laughs> goes down in Baja. Yeah. There's, mm -hmm. there's some real magic down there, the people, the food. Um, so I always love Baja, but obviously that's pretty close to home for us. Yeah, I would just say it doesn't discount it just because no. it's close. It is really right. that good because we found a lot of the world, there aren't large open spaces. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, in the Sahara, there's large amounts of open dunes, but most of the world we've been in, the Amazon or in in the Central American jungles, you know, you're off-roading really hard. But if that road is even slightly there and not completely closed off by the jungle, somebody lives out there. Mm -hmm. So you end up mm -hmm. always at a little house and people are always nice. It's just, mm -hmm. there's not as many wide open spaces as you think. So for me, I felt like Bolivia yeah. was a really big highlight for me in terms of geologically and the open spaces. I mean, just the absurdity of being on a, a salt flat where you put the truck on cruise control and you know you crack a beverage and an hour and a half later you haven't touched the steering wheel and you haven't seen anything you feel like a boat you're and you feel like you're boating something. yeah you're just like i'm just i don't even know where we're going i don't have a plan i've got topos mm. downloaded and i know there's a few islands over about two hours of driving 50 miles an hour oh that my way God. it's so big it's like an ocean and then that cliff road going up to such crazy elevations um in the north you're up in the jungle and there's you know Cayman alligators everywhere on the, any body of water that you get out to like fill up your jerry can life. We have one of those little purifier, you know, jerry mm -hmm. cans. There's something living in there that wants to eat <laughs> you. And I mean, it's just the, the diversity of that one little tiny Ooh. country really yeah. is so insane. Um, that to me, cool. that was such a neat one geologically, but then, you know, one country later you're in Argentina and you pop into the wine country and you're like, Let's go camp in a winery. I mean, it's such such a weird juxtaposition, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. That's, yeah, that's wild. I mean, the pictures alone tell a lot of the story. Um, it, it's crazy. Some of the stuff that uh, us who watch your channel have seen through your experiences, I mean, it's it, it's mind-blowing. I'm like, I still think about <laughs> it. I'm like, okay, how do I take this mentality of just go, you know, and like actually mm -hmm. 
employ it to see the stuff that you've seen. Um, is there anything that you'd in your travels go back to that's that remote or is it kind of just always move forward? What's next? Oh, I finally found the Range Rover. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you've been looking at the whole time. Yeah, there it is. That's Reggie back there. That's the truck's name. There's Goose and Reggie. I've been hunting for that Range Rover for a while. Um, <laughs> I think there's more in that series too, right there. Okay, but, good. That's funny. Chris, I, mean, I, was actually... I think that for us, there's two ways we're looking at it. Like we're, we always want new and we always want to move forward. Yeah. I think that's become a, a stronger thing in our life. I was mm -hmm. never the type to want to go back to that favorite campsite in Death Valley or in Moab. I like going, finding a new one. And that was, that's always been a thing, but certainly mm -hmm we met so many people as we traveled that were on their second loop of the Americas or over in Europe, you know, as their second or third trip out to Turkey or Africa that I think with enough time, you can always go back to places because when you think about somebody that's like, Oh, I've done the Pan Am as if to imply every country you cut through, you know, it that's yeah. like flying into Los Angeles and saying you saw the U S right. So right, right. it's, it's, these countries are so massive and so diverse that I don't think you could ever see it all. So I think there's no, there's no issue going back to these same areas mm -hmm. and maybe do a little similar, but mostly all new again. It's yeah, like, there's so much to see. I mean, we, it yeah. just feels like we barely scratched the surface. And yeah everywhere you remember oh we we went there and we could have gone and saw penguins mm -hmm. but we didn't or you know yeah. it just you you learn about so much more as you're traveling well you start to learn not to listen too much to people's suggestions yeah. like mm -hmm. everyone will say you're in this country you got to go here well, this one time i went there right. and it's great right. they just want to share their story but if you start taking all that in you're like we've got 75 things yeah. in the next two weeks we have to see people who said you have to <laughs> yeah. yeah and then it's a checkbox tour and mm -hmm. the fun is a little bit gone the adventure is gone like that last photo there we were taking i think that was the back way to machu picchu yep. machu picchu was just kind mm -hmm. of a touristy thing i dreamt of going my whole life it's sort of like the pyramids when you're sitting at you know the pizza hut that's three stories looking 50 feet yeah, at the Sphinx. It's yeah. not quite as majestic <laughs> as you wanted it to be. Machu Picchu was like that. But the way there with these new friends we had met, um, Sebastian, Sophie, and that mm -hmm. forerunner back mm -hmm. there, that's what it was all about. That's what I remember is some little mm -hmm. river crossing and camping somewhere random and meeting a really nice guy that you're going to trust to leave your truck while you hike the back way to Machu Picchu and mm -hmm. this hike along the train tracks. I remember all that. Yeah. Um, not the checkbox stuff. You know, I remember right, right. two weeks before Machu Picchu, we found some ruins. I can't remember what they were even called, but yeah, I mean, no one was there. No buses, no people. And it was this spectacular, but it wasn't quite as high on, high on a mountain and it didn't have the well-known name, yeah. but we, we camped there alone. So to me, that one's more mm. important to me, you know? So I think yep. that's, that's definitely a, a part of it. Hmm. Hey, there you go. Mom, you're good. You're good. Oh, that's old stuff up real fast. Wild. What's up? Once I can right. find and it in my mind. Yeah, that's awesome. Chris has gotten very, very yeah. good at this. If I sync well, up with your Because you don't go back and look at your own account that often. And I'm getting to in the best way, like as I'm thinking of stuff. Yeah. So and it's so it's cool. funny because it's even like we're looking at these pictures and you're like, oh, that we did do that. We were there. And, and for us, we have all these memories behind all of that, too. So, you know, like. Mm -hmm. A picture is a thousand words or whatever. There's so yeah. many memories behind yeah. for picture, each video but, too. There's yeah. you know you only capture so much, right? You never you don't capture the wild animal running across the road. Sometimes maybe, but there's so much more behind each one. But I just like Kelsey said, we both have a hard time believing really that we did all this. Like when you look at a photo, there it's like, wow, wouldn't that be neat to go there? And it's like, dummy, <laughs> that's that, you, that's you. <laughs> and so 
it, it, it's so, we still feel like the people that aren't, aren't sure that we're going to be able to pull this off. And I know we continue doing it, but you know, it's hard to feel like, oh yeah, we did, we have done this. We can mm-hmm. continue. And I think that's this. the biggest thing that we like to share with people is, you know, we're just normal people who, you know, we're not millionaires. We're not doing anything special. It's just that we wanted to go and we did. Mm-hmm. Beautiful Lima there. I love brilliant. it. And you're doing it. Until it I was great, it, man. Is, That's where he parked for um, two and a half months. We came home. That was the <laughs> longest break from the trip to work. And we pull him into the underground parking of, of a, a really nice Marriott nice very dirty. on the beach. And a buddy who worked for Marriott knew the manager of this Lima Marriott. We didn't stay at the hotel, but Goose got to stay at the hotel. <laughs> and we pulled in and I felt horrible. Every car around us is beautiful and clean. And that covered in mud of probably That's... some some cow extra. Oh, and it barely, it barely Such fit a in the feeling. parking garage. So I had to like talk the attendant into He's the like, no, you're not like, going to fit. And I said, Let me, we're going to go around the block. And when I come back, it will fit. And he goes, what? We went around the block. We aired down to five PSI and the <laughs> Lima Peru going, don't pop a bead. Don't yeah. pop a bead. Oh, and we gosh. pulled in. I filled up the rear auxiliary <laughs> tank that leaked. So it smells like fuel. Oh, and we're pulling boy. into this nice hotel. And I'm just going, this is stupid, <laughs> but it worked. And we flew out, we came back. He didn't burn to the ground. Um, Start right up. You know, we gave the guy a nice bottle of scotch who let us park there and said, thank you and headed out. Nice. The truck start right away. Instantly. Yeah. 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 Amazing. As a Toyota. I know. Ship. Right. As, <laughs> as, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're, uh... It might rust to the ground, but darn it. it'll start. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had one of those. Yeah. I'm trying to think on that truck. I kept, I didn't really have fancy electrical systems on goose. We didn't have solar. We drove so much that we just had a big group 31 battery and a pretty simple system and a low voltage disconnect. So if things did fail, it would hopefully Mm -hmm. disconnect that starting battery. And then we've always carried a little battery pack, you know, lithium jumper type thing. So that that was my layers of hoping and it worked. (laughs) Yeah. The systems for failure. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, we're a very Toyota heavy podcast. Um, yeah, partially I because a, I bought a suburban. Come you on, you bought a suburban. Hey, I've had not Toyotas too, but like I filled it with kids. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a weird phrase. I filled it with kids. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it needs context there. I yeah, put right? all of them in it at one point. So, oh boy. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like the Toyota <laughs> stuff. It, it's so interesting that it's like the theme through this whole show. From you know. Like people sometimes have Jeeps or they have, we've had people, you know, with super fancy stuff and, and it's like, yeah. there's, a, there's just like the constant, you know, it's not the most exciting, but yeah. it, it's always going to work. And, and starting yeah, after two and a half months is the perfect example, you know, like, yeah, I mean, and that's, that's why I love that truck. It burnt a ton of fuel. I mean, it got the mileage of a massive V8, but with none mm-hmm. of the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but it always 100%. ran, it just <laughs> ran. And that's yep. what I loved about it. It ran on horrible fuel it ran on good fuel it just kept running um you know i've had jeeps and fords and i love all of them but uh mm-hmm. for what we're doing i just liked having knowing i could trust it was yeah. always nice yep. yeah how did your Ooh, door seals deep. handle that we never got water on the inside i like it, really? was, it was uh original door seals too so 1995 door <laughs> seals there that's down in the uh ecuadorian uh amazon and uh, we went in on a sketchy basket yeah so she's in one of those baskets that you pull yourself across on wires so she put on (laughs) gloves went to the middle and then videoed me and then one point in this it doesn't look that bad and it's not that deep in terms of depth we've been deeper 
but the movingness it rained all night. It's a rainforest, so of course yeah. it rains all yeah. night. But the water level had increased, and the truck floated for just a second. You kind of feel that, mm. uh oh, about and there. it settled <laughs> and then got out. Yeah, yeah. and I kind of went. What are you doing, dummy? Because yeah. we could have stayed where we were at deep in the jungle for another night, but then you go, is it get deeper? So we just decided mm -hmm. to to head on out. But yeah, that thing always did really good. It's always fun when you come up, like I can see in this video that there's some pretty big rocks under you going through yeah. that yeah. stream. Like when you come off of a rock and the tire doesn't, like there's a different rate at which yeah. the tire comes down oh, yeah. in water that it does not in water. And when in water, yes. it comes down at a different rate because the current has picked it up and moved it a little bit. It is so unsettling. Yes. But it's it's yeah. just yeah, yeah. Your 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 butometer can sense that something <laughs> is not right in the world yeah. and that that that, that things yeah. could be going very badly soon. And and thankfully it didn't, you know. Yeah. So are these all warnings of what you're potentially gonna see on this trail? Chris, can you punch yeah. it on exactly? That? This is here are the things that can eat you on this hike. And then the ants are gnarly. Like yeah, when that's you amazing. see ants, I've never seen ants like in the jungle. And it's like, you feel like you're just going to be eaten alive by ants. Don't step in them. But thankfully <sighs> it's easy to see because, you know, the, the forest is so thick like this, but then there's a completely, completely clean track. Mm -hmm. And if you look, it's all moving and alive. And it's just the ants have cleared a perfect little highway <laughs> uh, through everything. That is oh my terrifying. <laughs> so this was yeah. at a research station out in the Amazon there. And I mean, it was a trip, you know, you walk down and you're, you know, it's some river in the Amazon, not the Amazon river, but it's some river in the jungle <laughs> and you're just filling up water and then you pump it through your little filter and you just start to trust these things blindly where you're like, will we die of a parasite mm -hmm. or will we be fine? I think mm -hmm. we'll be fine. We don't have a choice. So you don't worry yeah. about it because you just go, look, we have to, at this point, trust all of our yeah. little systems. And, and mm -hmm. I mean, at some point you got to just have faith. Like I've been in some situations where it's like, those last five miles of range really my day is going to really depend on whether that station <laughs> yeah. that had gas last yeah. time has gas yep. this time yes. Yep. yes so yeah it's a it's a weird world out there when, when stuff yeah. works out uh yeah. tell us about the 200 your new little toy and by yeah, little, so I mean two six six thousand giant, giant fat yeah. 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 giant fat grocery getter grandpa mobile um Sequoia Honestly, over here. You're you're good. You you're yeah. good. Oh, so we're the we're good. the we're the tight svelte vehicle, right? Uh, Compared to me, I no. believe you're three inches narrower. And my really? truck probably weighs. As I think much that's as what it is at this point. So that might be a hundred yeah. series width. Let me double check that real fast. <laughs> so the reason we went with this two hundred series is we're looking at eighties. We sort of had our two dream eighties, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we had Goose, which was amazing. Having that mm -hmm. Maltec, although too expensive for us in the end. Man, it was perfect. It was I, work, yeah. We had a 1500 mile range with, with 65, 66 gallons of diesel on board, just in wow, the tanks, I, let alone jerry cans if you want. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I loved that truck for world travel. Too expensive, but for us, but but amazing truck. So I was looking at the 80 prices and it's just crazy. And so that's for nonsense. the same price or less than an 80, I'm going, why don't we try a 200 series? Our main goals with this truck are plenty of Baja time, tons of the Western US, and then working. And so work for us mm -hmm. right now is 10 to 12 hours a day or however much we're willing to do uh, mapping. And so we're on remote, not so used trails and it's rough, but you're not rock crawling. Um, like the, yesterday we were crawling through some, some washed out trail. And so, you know, you go down and it sits on the front bumper and the rear and we kind of scuffing them up. There it is before I've ruined the front rear bumpers like I did yesterday. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, you're, you're just, just wheeling slowly uh, in low range a lot of the day and lifting tires occasionally. But again, it's just abusive. 
but I think this truck's going to be up to it. And then for us, it was the same or less than an 80. So for me, it was fun to try a new platform. And yeah. at high speeds, I'm really loving the 200 because IFS is nice with nice shocks. Um, and then at lower speeds, having an automatic again, I love driving a manual for the fun of it. Uh, but mm -hmm. when you're mapping all day and working, it's nice to have the automatic. So it's been a pleasure to have. And then having an engine that can do actual speed limits is fun too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, the 570 so, motor. It's what? neat. Yeah, it's a I gas hog. Well. But, um, yeah. 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 So what kind it's, of mapping? 2.3. You're 2.3 inches narrower. Oh, oh, okay. I was wondering what that was. I knew they shared so much, you know. Um, <laughs> But that's interesting. Yeah. No, yeah. now I feel like we got a small truck. Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> but I'm, so, we're okay. loving it. And I mean, you know, I'm trusting it more and more. And I, I'm kind of thinking of it as a big, you know, fifth gen forerunner, essentially. You know, it's very similar parts to forerunners I've worked on. Mm -hmm. uh, the KDSS is pretty amazing. We were in some tippier situations yesterday, but there's just, it just stays, the suspension anyways, stays like mm -hmm. you're on level ground. It just doesn't let it move. But then it lets it articulate when you want it to. So, so far, so good. We have 34-inch tires on it now, the 285-75-17s, mm -hmm. and those are just Rock Warrior TRD tires. They're the lightest, or excuse me, wheels, lightest wheels we yeah. could find. We tossed the the fake uh, beadlocks and, and sold them, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, for us, Rock we're, we're really happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Beadlocks. Cool. Yeah, beadlocks. That's good. I like that. <laughs> that is actually really good. So, I just want to back up real quick. What kind of mapping are you doing? Uh, so it's one of these, basically like all of our side jobs have become our main job. Since we quit in 2018, we just went full on into the side jobs. One of them mm -hmm. that I did back since like 2007 was mapping trails for the Forest Service and the BLM. And so okay. we have a friend who has a company who gets these contracts. They're really hard to get. That's what that's the deterrent. Everyone asks us, how can I do it? And it's like, I have no idea. It's so hard <laughs> to get contracts from the government. That's your first goal. Set up a company that's, you know woman owned veteran owned all the other things that help get you in yeah. line i think federal matters yeah <laughs> yeah federal yeah. matters and you know try and get them but it's hard so these are people that are highly technical they're writing the travel management plans for entire areas and so those 900 page books if you ever see one in a forestry cabin that's what they're doing we're mm -hmm. the we're the low level data collectors on the ground, on the ground and we're just <laughs> running trails sometimes we do signage sometimes they want every type of a certain plant logged in you know, you're taking photos of it. So you're doing like a Google earth, but for the government. And then what they do with that data sometimes ends up in user maps. Sometimes it goes into a black hole. I don't know. Uh, so that's, yeah. that's one of the, that's okay. one of the things we've been doing over mm -hmm. the last few years. Cool. That sounds um, like a very a good excuse to spend a lot of time on the trails. <laughs> Yes, it's a it good is. excuse to go down roads that you never would go down otherwise. That's the 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 best highlight of it because it's so abusive to every truck. And if super you, tedious. And super tedious <laughs> yeah. because you know you're you do U-turns 400 times a day um probably. Yeah. And it's it's very tedious, but you know and sometimes you're stopping every 5 feet to log in a sign or a cattle guard or whatever and take photos of it, but like like you're saying it's a good excuse to explore areas you never would. There's areas in Nevada that we explored, well, we worked, but we explored for weeks and never saw a car. Right during the pandemic, when everyone was saying the world's so busy for off-roaders, there's areas mm -hmm. out there that are public lands, but they're just, they're not, they're not the spot, right? Mm -hmm. They're not the name trail. They're not the most pretty area of whatever state, but they're still really pretty. Yeah. You find amazing yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's my favorite yeah. thing is it kind of forces you in areas where you're like, okay, we'll, we'll see what it's got. That's so cool. So uh, where next? 
as we as we brush up on our hour and change time here where uh where's on the on the docket coming up we have so many i know we have so many thoughts like uh (laughs) with with this truck like tim said it's you know gonna stay in this general u.s area uh and then uh we want to fly and drive we've had enough bad situations long waits with shipping vehicles that you know oh uh, yeah waiting on your truck we we waited in europe for our last truck dusty that the, the mall yeah. to get there for three months that ate up because we we camp every night we don't pay for campsites really ever unless it's like a once a month or less treat mm-hmm. and so we were getting a hotel or an airbnb or a hostel and thankfully also crashing with friends for three months that ate up more than three months worth of off-roading and overlanding budget mm-hmm. so for us the idea to go to these places like africa and australia where it's land cruiser land right find a good mm-hmm. one you know, borrow a driveway, do the basic maintenance you want to do to trust the vehicle, yeah. find out what you really bought, and then go do an adventure for as long as your visa allows. Seems like a really great way to do some more adventures. Yeah. Uh, maybe Definitely. motorcycles or, mm-hmm. you know, weird adventures too. We've been driving trucks now straight for five years every day. We do it for work. We do it for <laughs> training others. I mean, doing some motor scooters or taking a tuk-tuk across India sounds pretty fun because yeah. it's silly and it's it's yeah whatever kind of a thing, right? Freaking and so tuk-tuks. we want to do more off-roading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but only, who doesn't want to race a tuk-tuk across some country, I, right? So, I don't. I lived in Thailand yeah, for two good. years as a kid. I'm, I'm I don't need any more tuk-tuks. Like, <laughs> You're like, like, you've had enough yeah. tuk-tuk time. Yeah. 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 But see, you did it. Happy you I'm did it. Wheels. So you, you got yeah. <laughs> two wheels before but three so wheels. We're looking at a lot of random adventures too. So I think that's what the future looks like for us. You know, We want to go sailing too. So we'd like to be able to learn how to sail and mm. you know there's there's so much of the the world that's water that that's definitely on our horizon it's just everything takes money and time mm. and so for us it's time to sort of regroup build this truck yep. Yep. and uh, save up and figure out what the next leg is but in the meantime we're going to be like at the sonora rally in mexico running recovery for all the dakar guys who are coming there because nice. this year sonora is a feeder race you have to do it essentially if you yeah. want points oh to go and, and win the series. Mm-hmm. So all the Europeans and all the international guys are going to be just in Sonora, Mexico. So we'll do that. We'll do Baja 1000 again, Nora, and some other races that, that the guys I used to race with still race. So we'll be jumping in race cars or at least just helping. So that's mm-hmm. like the smaller adventures yeah. that we're up to for the next year. Okay. And then who knows? <laughs> so it's Sonora awesome. Rally? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, well, I can't. That image is not big enough to share, but it is a guy falling off a motorcycle at speed. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's the car, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So crazy. And so Come the on, guys like Ricky Brabeck and the guys who are Americans who maybe got hurt at Dakar, they're already racing again right now in the Middle East and they'll be down in Sonora, what, two months? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So many dune picks. <laughs> yeah. 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 D- yeah. Dakar is a lot of dunes too. They, they love the dunes. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really played around. Well, we'll see if the sink. 200 sinks are swims and dunes pretty soon when we're out. So. <laughs> I, I bet, I bet it does better than you think. I bet it does better than you think. It's yeah. Going to. I mean, we yeah. just, you, it does. You guys have the experience. Power. Yeah. You, but in your guys combined with experience, like you've already talked about airing down. Like, do you know how many people don't even understand that? Mm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Experience. You know, we wait. There's a competition hill down in uh, Mexico, and we were just down there for a desert race a couple weeks ago. And with the stock tires on the 200, and with, you know, full rage power, it made it to the top of competition hill in the sand dunes. And I was like, if this big heavy pig can do that, yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> and then when now with bigger footprint tires, of course more to air down and so i think i think i'll do all right yeah yeah. yeah. what yeah. uh i'm a total tire nerd what tires do you have on the 200 and what tires did you 
do your world travels with? Uh, so let's see. We started the world trip with 315 uh, BFG KO2s on Goose. And so okay. I've always liked BFGs. Some of that's the desert racing stuff because they've always been really supportive and we've yeah, raced yeah, yeah. under their sort of banner before. So I, I get that I'm biased, but I've always done well with them. Then uh, for Central and South America, we knew we were going to the jungles. So we did mud terrains, KM3s. And okay. then when we got back to the US, we had another set of KO2s put on Goose. Then the next truck, the Maltec, had Cooper ST Maxes, and those were really good. Those then good we went to too. the Toyo Mud Terrains, mm-hmm. and they were the tallest of the 255-85s. And then over in Europe, we we just continued with the Toyos because they were we got a good deal, and they were they're a solid tire, although heavy, yep. but they're yeah, they are heavy. you know you could trust them. And uh, then when we got back and, and we're building this truck, they had Nitos on it, and it was fine. They they worked just fine. But to put another set of tires on it, I just wanted to go back to the good old KO twos because. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like they're, you know, they're strong enough that you're not getting mm-hmm. flats for us, yep. but you're not getting that weight penalty of going to a, a heavier tire and then a more aggressive one and all the noise and vibration that comes with it. So are you running? Tim's D's? also a tire nerd. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> C's, D's, E's. What do you have on the, on the 200? E's, E's on it, which, you know, it, honestly, I'd be fine with doing lesser than that, but you know, it's one of those things that sometimes, yeah. especially right now, it's so hard to find any, um, but, but yeah. I know it's yeah. like it, my my buddy with a full size Bronco, like a seventy nine run sees the good old thirty five, you know, by fifteen mm-hmm. inch wheel sees oh, and they're just giant balloons. Like, if yeah. he's not getting a flat, he's definitely not getting stuck because he floats right. on everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> he's not getting a flat. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw you. You had posted the two eighty five seventy five, and that's like a size I always forget about because people yeah. usually go like pizza cutters two fifty five eighty fives or you know two eighty five seventies. So totally. Good yeah, it was a neat one just because it's in between. It's like it's a little of the pizza cutter I liked of the 255s, but a little mm-hmm. more of the flotation I liked of the 315s. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I think so much too it comes down to like find out what works on your truck too, because you can shove 37s on a 200 series, but now you're body chopping and you're you're like chasing your tail. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. putting long travel on a truck. Uh, I had a Tacoma and that was the world I was in. The moment I did that, then you're now hacking up the bed and making a cage to make the rear suspension as good as the front. And then, right. I don't, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like you go too big. You're now, the list of things you need to do is a couple years I know. long. Uh, I, I've gone down such a rabbit hole of like, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of not just looking at height, width, and it, like other, you know, tread depth and whatnot, but looking at the weight of every single tire. Yeah, you know, totally. It's like it makes the a penalty? big difference. You really feel it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like it's when you go mileage. from alloys to steel wheels. If that's usually ten pounds, let's say, and most of the times I've done it, I feel yeah. it when I accelerate, when I'm braking, when I'm steering, and all that unsprung weight. Well, the tire's weight is even further to the outside diameter of that spinning mm-hmm. disc. And so, if they have more steel belting, well, great. But if you're not getting flats on the lighter duty tire that weighs less, that's a lower mm-hmm. load rating. Yep. Why go to the heavier, you know, fancier tire that costs more? And spin all that extra weight, especially if you could tell this is coming from a guy who drives low powered trucks usually. So <laughs> when you have Toyotas, you don't go to 37, you know, rate, load rating E Toyo whatevers right. that weigh 80 pounds a tire when you could do a similar size diameter that's 70, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's it, why they sell so many gear kits. <laughs> re-gear, re-gear. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You mean the 40 series is that doesn't have a ton of horsepower? Hey, I'll tell you what, that is one of the faster trucks I've owned because it can do 65 down the highway. It's terrifying. Nice. And you feel like death is imminent and it's wobbling and it's twitchy. But but when I first had that for a couple of years, 
I'd always see those advertisements that, that show Toyota saying 80 miles an hour all day long. And you're like, what? <laughs> and that was a three on the tree year. You're liars. Mm -hmm. And finally, after owning this for so long and never really hurting it, I just got tired of driving 60. So now we do 65. It can do 70 on the highway. You just feel like. So bad for it. Well, you feel like it's mean to it, yeah. but it doesn't care. <laughs> but no, I, I do love that truck, but not a lot of power, not a ton of power. No. A little I just, tractor. Yeah. I just I love the little tractors. Oh, like man. those are my Me too. I love my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Not the most practical to live out of, but for an adventure, perfect. So fun. Yeah. yeah. If it's yeah. out yeah. of your yeah. home base, you're good. Yeah. And just totally. when real, we're home, real, that's what we love. Real fast to tie it all back. I found Condor Man. Oh, oh. yes. There you go. <laughs> yes. You can just tell it's good by the. You, you can you, know, you can tell the quality of it, and you can see the Porsches. Look at right there. There they yeah, are. Yeah, the car looked amazing. Oh, he wow. was in, doesn't it? Doesn't that it? looks like yeah, his, the same. Well, and even as a kid, corner. I didn't want his car at all. Because look no. at it. I wanted the Porsches. I wanted to yeah. be the bad guy. They have black speedboats and black Porsches. Oh man. <laughs> I want to know what his car's based on. <laughs> it's I, yeah, some right? American boat. It's yeah, it's gotta be a giant Pontiac or something. Probably with two thousand extra pounds of fiberglass. Oh yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Paper mache on it. Horrible movie. You, yeah. Please go and watch it. Anyone <laughs> out there listening, check it out. You'll fall in the, love with Porsches and you'll laugh. The Condor Mobile. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to be a jet car. Oh, it was in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't that's... find any more than that, though. Yeah, no. I, I, <laughs> they're I, like, and that's. You know how, you know how some movie cars are kept and they're now at the Peterson Auto Museum? Yeah. Not that one. <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> that's in somebody's, uh, somebody's lawn in Montana. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. I don't know about Montana. Let's say maybe, maybe Barstow <laughs> and there's meth piled in it. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, Barstow people. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man. Well, before we go down a, another rabbit hole of, of Barstow and meth, <laughs> the, the nicest comment I found on it is the car looks like a melding of a 69 Corvette Stingray and the Ford GT40. That's the nicest thing. What? I could find. They <laughs> just actually combine. Good compliment? That so, is, a, that is an unnecessarily nice compliment of that car. Yeah. But. The rest of the car featured a fiberglass shell with a chassis and mechanics based on a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> oh, really? no. no That's what it That's, said. Wow. Oh, God. So they had to push start it every yeah. time they got going. But yeah. hey. That's why oh. that scene and probably most of the others, I'm guessing, in the movie were filmed going downhill. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yep. And it looks like the yeah, wheelbase no... is actually fairly short when you look at it now. Like, makes sense. Yeah, but it's got a seven foot <laughs> overhang front and rear, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Porsches were uh, chasing in first gear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It is one of those movies where it's all sped up too, like yeah, the, the old movies where you're like, just oh. really yeah. tops in that movie. Like yeah. Smokey and the Bandit has the same scene of Burt Reynolds driving the Trans Am that's sped up twice in the same spot. <laughs> yeah, wow, look at him go. Right? Uh, uh, that's funny. Well, sweet. I'll wrap the show up. Uh, it's super quick and easy. So you can rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, please leave us a review in a while. We I know we have more listeners. Yeah. I can see the the numbers going up. No no comments in a while. So go ahead go ahead and do it. Even if you don't like it, go ahead and do it. Uh, you can yeah. like and subscribe on YouTube. Um, you can follow uh, Tim and Kelsey. It's Dirt Sunrise everywhere, right? Instagram, YouTube, yeah. DirtSunrise.com, yep. all the places. See? Thank you, thank you, Ross, for putting that in there. So I didn't have to mm -hmm. try to do that for my memory. 
Um, <laughs> you can follow Hooniverse, the Hooniverse on Twitter, the real Hooniverse on Instagram. Ross is no, not like the one from Friends. It's not changing. Stop asking. No, he's never going to change it. Uh, and I'm Overlanding Dad. And we did a show. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Sweet. That was fun. Yeah, that was the most fun podcast we've ever had. That's that was good. cool. Cool. Yeah. Is it the only one? Podcasts? I was say, how many podcasts? <laughs> <have you done? laughs> this is our first podcast. No, we, I, I think we've done six. So yeah, yeah we've done yeah. a few. We've done some in Turkey and South America, and oh, I don't wow. know if they had any listeners, but we did them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows how many people have heard those podcasts? Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Hey, well, we'll, we'll take it. I, I'm leaving that in the show. So thanks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect way to close it out.